right, we're going to read the Bible now. Hello. <laughs> okay, it's Isaiah chapter 43. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Zabar in your stead. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Jai. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to be with you. You might realise that we're not reading Esther because we're done with Esther and uh, we have a bit of a gap week. And uh, I thought, what uh, a great opportunity to actually uh, spend a sermon talking about how wonderful the moon was on Tuesday night. Right? This is actually a photo I took from my lounge room. Um, can I say that um, usually... Joel, do you mind just turning... Oh, well, actually, I'll just move back a bit. Uh, I must say, usually when, I, when there's an eclipse or something like this, it's usually really cloudy and I can't do anything about it. And I don't get to see it. But this happened on Tuesday night and I have Bible study on Tuesday night. And it was the most distracted I have been at Bible study, I think, ever. But the biggest problem was I was leading Bible study and trying to take photos in amongst the clouds. Uh, because I, I don't know, I just thought it was amazing. It was, I just got, I just couldn't help but just want to stare. I would have happily spent all night sitting there with a booming voice enjoying the moon. And I remember when I was little actually discovering that the moon actually hasn't got a light. There's no light that comes from the moon, like the sun, for example. It's a big ball of light. But the moon has nothing. All the moon does is just reflect the light of the sun. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? I remember finding that out then, and when I looked at the moon on Tuesday night, I still had the same question. Why? Why, why, is, why is it how it is? Why did the moon go red? Why was there an eclipse? Why does the moon not have light of its own? Why are we here? And so tonight, my job is to be that annoying kid and ask, why? That's what I'm going to do tonight. So strap in, be prepared to be annoyed, but also hopefully be prepared to find an answer to the why and find that it's a joyful, exhilarating, earth-shaking answer. And so I'm going to pray for us 
and we're going to jump in, so let me do that. Uh, dear gracious God, we thank you for your word and the opportunity that we have to dwell in it tonight. Father, we pray that, uh, that you help us to think clearly, to think wisely, and to find an answer to this great question of why. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if we have a look, we'll, a good place to start is with our Bible reading that Haley wonderfully read for us. Uh, in verses 6 and 7 of chapter 43 of Isaiah, if I get the right one, we read this halfway through verse 6. It says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Now, the reason why this is a good place to start is because one of the big answers to why we are here is because we were made by God. Why were we made by God? For his glory. Thank you. <laughs> if only it was that easy. But you see that God made Israel, his people, for his glory. It reminds us of Genesis chapter 1. The ultimate existence of Israel, the ultimate existence of you and I, the reason why we exist and all this exists is for the glory of God. In fact, that's what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Do you hear that? In the image of God, we were created for his glory. Now, kings and pharaohs of old and emperors used to build these large statues of themselves for the sole purpose that everyone who gazed upon this statue for generations to come would understand that this was a mighty king or this was a mighty emperor or a mighty pharaoh, that they would remember their feats for years to come. The bigger the statue, the bigger and greater they must have been. We still do that. Usually with sporting icons. We build statues of them, we name stands after them, and sometimes we have so many greats in clubs that you have to name the stands after two people at the same time. But we do this so that we remember their achievements, we remember their greatness, so we won't forget. God created billions of statues and some of them are sitting here tonight you and I are created in the image of God you and I are walking statues of the great God created by him to show his wonder and glory do you ever realize that when you wake up and you look at yourself in the morning do you ever look at yourself in the mirror and go I'm a statue to the glorious God looking good no? Just me? You should try sometimes. It's a great way to start the morning. Always a bit of a giggle. Looking at your face when you do that. But it's true, right? God created us in his image so that we would reflect his glory. The human body is so amazing that we still don't know everything about it. Because there are parts of our body that are so tiny and so minute that we can't even see them yet. Let alone work out how it all works. 
This should not lead us to going, well, we know everything, so we're you know, like a normal teenager who knows everything about everything that we don't need to know anymore. No, this should actually give us uh, a moment to pause and reflect and go, wow, we don't know everything. But there is a God who does, and we are made in his image. We are made to glorify him. We are made in his glorious image. And so it's no wonder then, in a bit earlier in Isaiah, in chapter 6, uh, verse 3, that the angels say these things. They say, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth is full of God's glory. Not just in the many statues running around, that is you and me, but in very creation itself. When we look around us, today was a beautiful day. Tuesday, the moon was amazing. And you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but the moon and the few nights afterwards has been so beautiful. Like it's just been glowing and you can see so much detail. It feels like it's been bigger. It's really been amazing. And when we look around and see all these mini statues of the image of God and we see creation, the things around us, They should amaze us. Our jaws should drop as we stare out into the the abyss of the heavens, into the stars. It should knock the air right out of us. The the amazing thing about uh, our universe is that we are still discovering more and more things about it. I remember a few years ago where they discovered a star nursery. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Like there's a mummy star and there's the nurse star and no, that's not how I don't know how it works, but there's this nursery of stars that, and so they were showing these newly formed stars that were shining so bright. It was amazing. We can now see light years beyond what we've been able to see. It's fascinating and it's really amazing. We spend all this time looking for what is out there, trying to discover new things. And I know some are even uh, trying to find life out there, like on the X-Files, for those who are old enough to remember. We spend so much time and energy looking for life elsewhere that we often forget to stop and look at the life that we have here. And so I want you to do something for me for a moment. I want you to imagine that maybe, just maybe, Earth is the only inhabitable planet with life on it. Okay, you might go, oh, no, that's not true. I'm just asking you to imagine. Just go with me. Just imagine for a moment that Earth is the only place where there is some sort of species that can actually think and relate in rational ways as we do as humans. And then ask this question. Why? Told you I was going to be annoying. Why? Why would that be the purpose if that was it? If we were it? Why? Well, the Bible is very helpful in many ways and it's very clear on this. One of my favourite Psalms, Psalm 19, starts off this way, the first four verses. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words, no sound is heard from them. 
yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. It's the very creation itself, the stars, the moon, the sun, the clouds, creation around us all cry out for the glory of God. If we are all that there is, and very creation around us is crying out the very glory of God, we have to ask the question, why? And the answer to that question is very sobering. The answer is that it's not about you or me. The answer is it's all about God. It is about knowing the God who created all these things. To know him and to love him and to show him. We are given this beautiful array of stars in the sky so that we would pause and ask why. Why are they here? Why are we here? So that we may go seeking for the answer that matters most. The answer that gives meaning and purpose to all things. Now, we recently were down in uh, Tassie uh, during the school holidays for, um, for a bit of a break for a couple of weeks. And down there, can I say, there is so little light pollution like what we have here. Like if you go outside tonight when it gets dark in a, a little while and look up, you'll see a thin strip of stars. In Tassie, it was kind of like this. This is not my photo because I could not get a good photo of this. Right? It is just wall to wall. In fact, when you look up at the star, you, it, it, it's sort of, is it concaved? Is that the, look at, when, it's, when it goes like that? Or, yeah? Is that right? I'm looking for science teachers to give me a bit of a hand here. I can't see anyone. Anyway. It, it, I've, I've, what, oh, there you are. You're right in front of me. Um, it felt like I was on the inside of a snow globe, to be totally honest, because it was just, it was just stars everywhere. And it was so beautiful and majestic that I stood there and lost track of time. I forgot what I needed to do because all I needed to do was just take in the beauty that I was looking at and what I was seeing. Yet these same stars are declaring the very glory of God. The very reason we exist is actually to see it, to be stunned by it, to look at and to be wowed by it, and then to glorify God for it. You know, we have front row to the art gallery of God. It is a wonderful and amazing privilege. This is why we exist. This is why we are here. This is why we have these blood moons, why we have stars, why we have many statues running around so that we would see God in all his glory and that we would glorify God because of it. Paul in Romans probably says it best of all. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, Paul says this. He says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. See, 
The very creation that God made cries out that there is a God. That there is more to life than what is here. The life and everything in it is not some sort of random bunch of molecules crashing together by chance. It is not a fluke that we are here. It is by design. The design of a creative God who made all things. And he's declaring himself to all people through what he has made. But there is a tragedy that Paul continues to go on and say. He says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. And what we do as humans, what we did as humans, who are supposed to be in the image of God and glorifying the one that we are made in the image of, we exchange that glory for the immortal God, for images made to look like who? Us. We go looking for meaning and purpose and answer that question, why? We go looking for that answer in the mirror. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we don't say that I'm made in the image of God. We say, I am God. We don't go looking for the why, but we start making up why everyone should do what we want to do. Why people should follow us. Why we are so important. We exchange what we are here to do, for what Paul goes on to say is a lie, a fruitless endeavour, one that will actually not bring joy, but actually bring ruin. The amount of uh, influences you hear from time to time on social media who build up these massive followings, but then do one thing or say something and then lose it all, and lose all sense of who they are. They no longer have a sense of identity. Their why has been shaken and they decide that actually why not end at all is a question that they end up wrestling with. When we go seeking all these things for ourselves, when we seek to put ourselves in place of God as being number one, we find that it's actually a fruitless endeavour. One that will actually take us further and further away from the answer that we seek. Further and further away from the one who has made us. And so... The question why is an extremely important one. Why are we here? Why is all this happening? Why am I in this building? Why are there so many stars? Why? Just why? Of everything. Well, the answer is very simple but also extremely difficult all at the same time. The answer is that all this exists, 
all of humanity, all of creation, all of our history, everything that has gone before and will come, all exist so that Jesus will take perfectly centre stage of all things. And so God's amazing grace will be seen and be glorified through those who have been saved and redeemed because of what Jesus has done. The greatest act in history, the greatest thing in the world that has ever happened is one man dying on a cross to save billions. There is no greater thing than that. Even all the stars in the universe fail in comparison to that beauty and splendour of the death and resurrection of Jesus. He died so that he would take our rejection of the image of God and glorifying him, this thing we call sin, so that he would take it on himself and pay the punishment for us so that we would be free, so that we would be saved, so that we would have life, not just now, but for all eternity. And so you and I exist in this life not just to glorify God and glorify Jesus now, but for all eternity. The question we have is what does it mean, though, to glorify God? If we are here, if the answer to the why is to glorify God, what does that mean? Well, a few illustrations, hopefully, to make it helpful. One is, uh, there's an American uh, preacher, John Piper, talks about it in this way. He says that as those who trust in Jesus, we are to be like a microscope, sorry, like a a telescope, not a microscope. Very clear? No? It's all right. What do you do with a microscope? You can call this one out. What do you do with a microscope? Come on, Chris. And they make them very, very big. All right? Sorry? Yes. All right? When we look in a microscope, we see something that is very, very tiny and we see it very large in our eyes. But a telescope, what does a telescope do? It takes something very big so that we can see it for what it actually is. So we can see it in all its detail. You and I are to be telescopes to the glory of God because God's glory is so big and so massive that it won't fit under a microscope. It can only be seen through a telescope. The people will see us and they will see God at work in us. Another way is that we here at Soul Revival say Jesus changes everything. But here's the thing. We don't just say it. We actually believe it. And when we say Jesus changes everything, we mean Jesus changes everything. And so if Jesus changes everything, he changes everything about who we are and what we do. We don't look in the mirror and go, I am God. We look in the mirror and go, I am so thankful that Jesus saved me. 
Because without him, I would not be the child of God that I am now. And I would not be spending an eternity with him forever. Jesus changes the way that we see ourselves. Jesus changes the way that we look at creation and the world around us. The way that we marvel at it. The way that we mourn for it. The way that we celebrate it. The way that we glorify God about it. And so what it means to glorify God is actually not to shine a light that we have, but actually to shine a light, actually reflect the light of the sun. And I'm not talking about the ball of light in the sky. I'm talking about the Son of God, Jesus. You and I exist, all creation exists to do exactly this, to reflect the light of the glorious Son of Jesus. And the way that we do that is to live lives that are so changed and transformed that people stop us and go, why are you so different? Why do you love people when they hate you? Why do you speak the truth even when everybody else tells me lies? Why do you say this, these things about the Bible when everyone else is saying that it is false and old and outdated? Why do you give up your Saturday night to go to church so that you may have an answer for all those why questions? Because the answer to all of those things is this is why I am, I am here. I am here because I am made by God. That he has called me by name as his child. And I have the great honour and privilege and joy to tell you about how wonderful his son Jesus is and how he has changed everything and he can change everything for you. And so as we come into this time of Christmas, yes, I know, Christmas, we're even hearing carols on the radio, it's scary. This is a great opportunity for us to shine the light of Jesus, to not shrink back, to get caught up in the hype of presence and the festivities, but actually demonstrate the change that Jesus has made because Christmas is not about me. It is about him. We have a wonderful opportunity at our doorstep to put this into practice. I hope tonight has not been as annoying as I said it was going to be, asking why. But I hope that it has been helpful. I pray that you would know that you are no accident, that you have purpose and meaning in this life because God created you that way. He created you in his wonderful and glorious image so that you would tell everyone and show everyone how glorious and wonderful our great God is. So let me pray for us. Dear gracious God, we thank you 
for your word. We thank you for um, making us in your image, choosing us as your children. Father, we pray that we would reflect not our light, but the light of your son, Jesus, who changes everything. Father, we pray that you would help us to live out these words, to not just say them, but to put them into practice each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.